0: Hello, and welcome to episode six, all about chapters seven and eight of Fellowship of the Ring, being the sixth part of That's What I'm Talking About. if that's too complicated for you, just call me MC. I'm over it at this point. And today I'm joined by one of my dear friends, Neil Metcalf. Welcome, Neil.
1: Hey, thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm like real excited to get into this.
0: I'm very excited. Listeners, y'all are in for a great treat. I will have to like, I don't know, post a screenshot of the paragraph long <laughs> messages you sent me. Let, me. let me frame the context. I texted him, mm-hmm. what are your non-spoiler mm-hmm. thoughts about Tom Bombadil? And then got, like, 20 paragraphs. It was,
1: like, three or four separate texts, but each one were, like, almost to the max. Like, I had to send it. Otherwise, like, (laughs) iPhone was going to start cutting it off.
0: Yeah. And then I was like, okay, he has to come on so he can talk about this. Yeah. Because I was trying to decide. I know that Tom Bombadil is a huge, like, part of the lore. Uh Uh-huh. And so I was like, I need to have someone on who, like, really is into Lord of the Rings. And my friend Neil Metcalf here is into Lord of the Rings, yeah. to say the least.
1: Yeah, I I love Lord of the Rings. I actually discovered The Hobbit in, in the way that you love Harry Potter. I discovered The Hobbit before Harry Potter, actually. I read The Hobbit and I, like, really loved it and just loved the way he tells the story. And then I just had to move to the the next ones. I think it's just kind of funny because um, I, like, remember really vaguely being like these movies are creepy what is this and then like growing up having read the book and being like okay great well now I need to devour everything I can about it. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Let's yeah. jump
0: into chapter seven in the house of Tom Bombadil. So, yes, we find our Hobbit gang um, in the helpful hands, I, I think helpful hands of Tom Bombadil. And they hopeful are now... Hopeful for now,
1: let's say. Yeah,
0: helpful for now, and, which I have thoughts on in a, in a second. Um, and they arrive at his house and meet... I can't even... So says... Her long hair rippled down her shoulders, her gown was green, green as young reeds, shot with silver like beads of dew, and her belt was gold, shaped like a chain of flag lilies set with the pale blue eyes of forget-me-nots. About her feet, in wide vessels of green and brown earthenware, white water lilies were floating so that she seemed to be enthroned in the midst of a pool. And that is the entrance of Goldberry. Yep who I have just written down as quite a character. Mm -hmm. Mostly the thing that got me is when she introduces herself as like, I am Goldsberry, daughter of the river. And I was immediately like, she she would be an anti-vaxxer. Yeah,
1: (laughs) yeah, yeah. Goldberry eats like, drinks, like, a lot of boba tea and, yeah. like, k- kale in everything. Yes. Kale is literally in everything. Yes. And
0: she talks about – it might be on the next page. Yes. And she later says, The trees and the grasses and all things growing or living in the land belong to each other. Tom Bombadil is the master. No one has ever caught old Tom walking in the forest, wading in the water, leaping on the hilltops under light and shadow. He has no fear. Tom Bombadil is master. Interesting, but yeah, key, key they. High, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, I just felt super. I don't know. Are you supposed to feel uncomfortable with these two? Because I felt. Uncomfortable. I really
1: think so. I. I mean, like, even in his introduction in the old forest, and the way that he like comes in the chapter before this one, it he's he floats in. I don't know. Seems like this normal dude at first, kind of, but he's singing a lot, and then and then he meets so his much life. Singing. You meet his wife, who's just, like, like, I pictured in my head, the types of relationships where, like, the guy is kind of, like, a neckbeard almost in a way, and then yeah. he has, like, the most perfect, beautiful, like, girlfriend, and it's just, like, every man's, like... Like,
0: a, oh, like a, um, Jerry situation on Parks and Rec. Yes,
1: yes, like, that's almost how I picture it, <laughs> and it's, it's so, like, off, off-putting, and in case, you, you know, you didn't get it when he beat you over the head... She really likes yellow. Yes, everything yellow. is yellow. Yellow everything and green. Is yellow.
0: Everything is um, yellow and green, and everything is made like he makes a point to point out and like these baskets were earthenware, which <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard that that word used before, but. I'm assuming it just means, like, they're clay, clay, yeah. Yeah, they're clay bowls, basically. Yeah, but, so, I put, uh, my next note is, it, oh, I also refer to her as Goldie in my notes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like, couldn't, I kept wanting to call her Goldenberry. I don't know why. I do the same
1: thing. <laughs> Instead of Goldberry, I yeah. always want to call her Goldenberry. Yeah. yeah.
0: Goldberry. Goldberry. Um, So I, coming from my Harry Potter context, is she like a villa or something or an elf? Because she seems to have this entrancing effect on the hobbits and Frodo all of a sudden starts singing Mm -hmm. and doesn't even realize he's singing until he stops and is like, whoa, why? I didn't even mean to sing. Why did that happen? Yeah,
1: it just kind of comes out of him.
0: And he has, like, I think at the beginning of the next chapter, the end of this one, at one point they, like, turn around so Frodo can go back and say goodbye to her. So, mm-hmm. like, he has a huge crush on her huge immediately. Huge crush.
1: Immediately falls in love with her. I think, so the thing is, you don't know. Goldberry and Tom Bombadil don't really come back. Good. And so this is, like, this is, like. I can't deal with that. It's, it's. It's driven a lot of people mad, like, within the community. Like, I, I I, have read before literary criticisms and, like, articles on Lord of the Rings because it's, like, this huge masterpiece. People are, are like, heavily debate who Tom Bombadil is and, like, what's his deal. And I was listening to the, some of the earlier episodes today and you, I can't remember who it was, but y'all were talking about how, like, there's basically no original content anymore. Yeah. And then talking about, like, Tolkien having created fantasy well, Lord of the Rings is inspired slash based on Beowulf. So, like, there's literally no original content anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: Beowulf is the origin, I guess, of, yeah. of everything. And yeah, and so just... people
1: consider Beowulf to be, like, one of the first fantasy stories. Yeah. But the genre wasn't really created until, like, Tolkien laid that down. Um, but he was heavily inspired by Norse and Greek Roman mythology. Mm-hmm. And so I, th- I think you're supposed to get the sense that she's, like, a naiad, naiad like the water nymphs, or, mm-hmm. like...
0: Oh, yeah they feel um, very like non like other earthly yeah or, or whatever very they, much so if, yeah it kind of feels like she's i don't know this like they're like the god and goddess of the forest or mm-hmm. the trees and the river and yeah,
1: stuff they have a very ethereal presence yeah them. that's it that's um yeah and when and she has a very siren yeah
0: that's it yeah yeah she's like, like a siren
1: yeah because she's she sings too just as much as he does and it like ooh, I, I, and you talk about, I think, some of the times the tongue-in-cheek way Tolkien writes things, but she sings them these songs, and then he'll say, like, as if under an enchantment.
0: Yeah. Like, and we it's know. Like it is an we enchantment.
1: We know this is what you mean. <laughs> like...
0: Yeah, yeah. And then um, Frodo is me and says, tell me if my asking does not seem foolish. Who is Tom Bombadil? Which is, I think, one of the first times I've been, like... That's it, Frodo. Yeah, Frodo. You're, on, you're, you're doing the right thing here. And she just responds with, he is, at first. Yeah. And then Frodo gives him a, uh, gives her a look, and she just says, he is the master of wood, water, and hill. Which, again, is a way, which what I found with this chapter is that Tolkien does an excellent job of pretending like he's answered everything by actually answering nothing mm-hmm. at all
1: because we're not told it from like Frodo's like first person point of view. It's the sort of limited third person. Yeah. But at the same time it feels like the narrator who's supposed to be telling us what Frodo's experiencing mm-hmm. is unreliable.
0: Oh, a hun- uh, a hun- a hundo pee.
1: <laughs> One hundo
0: as the youth say. Yeah, it's it, it is a limited third person because we Because the narrator can't give away what we don't know yet mm-hmm. because Frodo doesn't know yet or the hobbits don't know yet. I don't know. It's just an interesting writing device of like, I'm going to create this ethereal, otherworldly concept that is impossible to describe by talking about it in such a nonsensical way mm-hmm. or or just brushing it off or something. Kind of like how... <laughs> I, don't know, I just kind of think of how, like in the fifth Harry Potter book, J.K. Rowling destroyed all the time turners, yeah. so she wouldn't have to deal with I've the never time turners anymore.
1: Okay, but some, jumping back for a second, because yeah. you said that you you read that little quote about who is Tom Bombadil, and yes. Gold Goldberry replies, he is feels such like a reference to. The scene in Exodus. I think it's like Exodus. I wrote it down Exodus three fourteen. When um, y'all,
0: Neil is like a literature scholar. Yeah. Basically.
1: Well, no. Well, I
0: unofficially
1: unofficially working on that English degree. But yeah. So Exodus three fourteen. Moses comes. Uh, finds the burning bush and hears the voice of God speaking to him. And Moses asks him, who are you? And God replies, like through the bush, says, I am that I am. I don't know. The fact that, who is Tom Bob- Tom? Who is Tom Bombadil? Um,
0: That's okay. His name is nonsense. Yeah,
1: it's, it's it's ridiculous. I
0: keep wanting to call him Tom Beetle the Bard.
1: <laughs> to, he's such an enigma and lives in this sort of like otherworldly space. Yes. This separate, like even separate and, and more disconnected than like the Shire is. And her reply is just, like, he
0: is. He is, yeah. He
1: is because he is.
0: Yeah, and by the way, Neil's response to my, like, original text message of, what are your thoughts on Tom Bombadil? He goes, he is an enigma. And at <laughs> first I was just kind of like, oh haha, that's so funny. And then reading the chapter, I was like, he is an enigma. By the way, I cannot think of that word without also immediately thinking of the Spongebob quote of Patrick holding the box and he goes, the inner mechanisms of my mind are an enigma. <laughs> so that moment, <laughs> listeners, that's what was going through my head for most of this chapter. So, oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. I,
1: I forgot one thing that I wanted to jump back to right at the beginning when they when they describe Goldberry and she's wearing her belt was of gold, shaped like a chain of flag lilies, set with pale blue eyes of forget-me-nots. So many times, colors and, like, flowers in literature, if the author took the time to write them down, they probably mean, mean something. Mean something, yeah. And, like, the flag flag lilies aren't really, like, a specific flower, but they're lilies that are, like, arranged on, like, multiple on a stem, on a stalk. But it's, like, so, so these these flowers are symbols of regality and royalty, while also the forget-de-nots are of youth and, like, remembrance. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, I, I especially, the, we, she's got such a regal nature, but... They seem to be almost keepers of the forest.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you also for like going into detail about that because there are a couple points in this chapter. And honestly, throughout the whole book where like Tolkien will, he'll like describe something so specifically with some, with like, for example, that where he names specific flowers. And I'm like, I'm sure that has a Mm -hmm. deeper significance, but I just don't. want to look it up right now. Just don't
1: want to engage that.
0: I'm like, I'm sure, I'm like, you know what? I'm fine with reading it and it's just like beautiful, Mm -hmm. pretty poetry. Yeah. Then they all um, sit down to dinner and this is where I think, I don't know how if at all this part or these characters or whatever were adapted in the movie from... The very little I remember from the first movie, I don't think he's in it at no, all. he's not. Yeah. But if it was in it, this is one of those things where I feel like someone could go in and re-edit it and it would look like a trailer for the next Jordan Peele movie. <laughs> because it feels very much like, I don't know, it just feels like Get Out or something yeah. where there are these people, these friends walking in the forest and the strange old man is like, oh, I'll take you in and help you. And then they go inside and he, his like, Kind Beautiful of life. eccentric wife. Um, she's a little bit off, but she seems nice and normal and welcoming. And then they treat them to a feast. And then this is where it just kind of got creepy. They drink water, but apparently it, they make a note that it looks like normal water mm-hmm. and it tastes like normal water, but it has some kind of intoxicating effect. Because soon they're like singing and basically just acting drunk. So this this is the point in the horror movie where like they accidentally get drugged, uh-huh. and then and then like I don't know. T- overnight, Tom Bombadil and Goldberry sleepy. like and then they steal go to their like, beds steal and then they their wake up in the basement. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, they like I don't know, steal their souls yeah, or something. Something horrible. Yeah, I don't know, but kind kind of the reverse of that video where someone edited Half Blood Prince to be a teen rom com. Mm-hmm. I feel like this could be the reverse of that, where like this could easily be a horror movie in a different context. Oh,
1: like the Scary Mary where somebody rewrote took the the trailer for um, Mary Poppins and turned (gasps) it into a horror film
0: oh I have not seen that I need to see that this
1: 100% you just like took this chapter right on out and then just had it end actually you could have it probably continue into the next chapter too because that gets a little freaky yeah and then have have, instead of him like rescuing them he controls them who knows
0: yeah like it
1: definitely has that feel to it
0: you heard it here first folks we're making the next horror movie based off of Tom (laughs) Bombadil
1: (laughs) one two chapters from Lord of the Rings
0: yeah (laughs) Um, we'll expand a That'll be the foundation. My next note is, and I thought the Hobbit sang a lot. Because boy howdy, is there a lot of singing. Mm-hmm. It's like, basically like Les Mis, at least Tom Bombadil is, and how like he just kind of sings his thoughts sometimes. Or like sings his stories. I just... I feel like I would just be like, I'm out of here. I can't do this anymore. Yeah. I'm going to go back into the forest.
1: <laughs> I'd rather go get eaten by that tree. Bye.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. He's, I don't know. There's, there's a lot of, Tolkien really liked poems. Yeah. Like clearly, very, really like clearly. Clearly, the
0: linguist.
1: And, um, Tom Bombadil, like, as a character originated out of, again, stories he was telling to his children and then wrote, like, these, like, nonsensical poems for them. These almost, like, nursery rhyme poems. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: yeah, he seems kind of, or Tom Bombadil at least, seems kind of, like, Seussian, like mm-hmm. Dr. Seuss.
1: Definitely has that feel yeah. to it. He or, like, yeah, of, like, yeah, if if, nice like Dr. Seuss, way yeah, he, Dr. Seuss he wrote he songs sings, But they always have, something happens after he sings, like, almost always there's a the cause and effect that's, like, not quite explainable. You know, singing to Old Man Willow in the chapter before and having him spit them all out. Yeah. Like singing to them when they first meet them and suddenly their hearts feel like lifted. And so originally having come from those poems and there's a little bit more explored in like a collection of poems called The Adventures of Tom Bombadil, Yeah, Tom Bombadil, which is kind of like touches on his life a little more. And a lot of it deals with, like, his voice. Like, there's a lot of focus on his voice containing the waters and hills. And, like, saying uh, as, as, as Goldberry talks about grass and tree and hill yeah. and all those things. And, like, he can use it to talk to animals and, like, literally control the yeah. flow of a river.
0: Yeah. And he me- like he mentions, I don't remember if it's now or later on, but at some point he mentions that, like, old Tom Bombadil was around when the first acorn was grown and blah, blah, and- I guess basically is the implication that he is immortal and has been yes. here to see everything like grow and die and and everything in the forest. Yeah, um, exactly.
1: Which is a very 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 long time. Middle-earth yeah. has been around. I was around gonna, I was
0: going to say for it's, a very long when time. we get to the forest it's already called the old forest. So, Tom yeah. Bombadil must be very old then. <laughs> and
1: where... The story takes place in, like, the Third Age.
0: Is the... Okay, so I've seen, like, some, I don't know, like, memes or something or jokes about the Second Age. Is that what, like, isn't described? Is is Does The Hobbit take place during the First Age, or the is all... The Hobbit takes place during the Third Age. Oh, okay, so it's it all the during Avengers. the... Th- yeah, oh, okay. Because
1: the Third Age is a span of, like, 3,000 years.
0: Oh, okay. Then. Yeah.
1: So... This is happening very close to the end of the Third Age. Because when the story of Lord of the Rings ends, like supposedly the Fourth Age starts... That's all I'm gonna say about okay. that part. <laughs> oh boy. Like that year is like three thousand something of yeah. the third age. And so each one is a if we think about them that long, like this world has been around for at least like nine thousand years. years. Yeah. Um and that was when it was like as Middle Earth before like when people started like, let's start documenting the years. Yeah. Um so and the Silmarillion deals with all of that. But yes, the Silmarillion I've deals, heard. like the King James Bible. <laughs> and That's- if you thought there were a lot of characters. I was right going to say, it's funny you
0: say that because someone else said it reads like a Bible. Yeah. So it's
1: it's it's very much which, like I'm like sure the, I'm sure
0: to Tolkien it,
1: the Middle like, Earth
0: Bible was his Bible. Yeah. He was like, this is this is it. Yeah, this is it. It goes this is it chief.
1: It goes That's from the say. the very beginning of like creation to oh my gosh, to, to that
0: just that just feels unnecessary. Yeah. Like, do I need to know all of that in order? to here so here's how I feel about like a lot of these not just the
1: simulion
0: yeah. there we go not just that but like also every now and then in a chapter there will be like a random side note of like three paragraphs worth of like a history lesson mm-hmm. about the land and sometimes I'm like do I really need to know this? Does this add to the plot? Does this add to the characters? Does this add to the story? And, like, one time I was like, oh, yeah, that was kind of a funny thing he said about the Bucklanders. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm glad I read that, but, like, I could have read the story just, just fine knowing, without right. it. Yeah. yeah,
1: and I think that's where a lot of people get bogged down when it comes to The Lord of the Rings. Because, like, I've I run into people who have, like, never tried it. I've run into people who said that they loved The Hobbit and then tried to give Lord of the Rings a try and it was too yeah. much. And, like, they're they're vastly different styles. And I, and I think a study like a scholar of history and a scholar of language that he was like no stone left unturned yeah when he was making this world and also tolkien wrote this wrote this whole thing as not like he was writing it as if it was not an alt like a alternate universe but Mm -hmm. an alternate history of like europe and so he just wanted to explore everything i mean he made 14 potentially learnable languages
0: he form, made them, like
1: created them as a linguist. Ugh. And the two, the two that are most known are like the most thought out. But he made he made fourteen potentially learnable languages from for Lord of the Rings. That's
0: just so much, and That's there's so like, much more
1: than just like it's overwhelming to be yeah. honest. Because there's, there's so much more than, than just this. Because the Silmarillion yeah. continues. It there is two volumes of the Lost Tales. Yeah, and then I'm pretty sure it's, it's like of. four or five volumes called the annals of middle earth or annals of aria because that's that's what the the planet is called Oh, okay. and it's like a six volume oh
0: my god listeners i don't know if i'm gonna do all that
1: an an encyclopedia i don't think that
0: would be exciting i I don't don't think think, anyone would have fun yeah i don't think i don't think i could like convince anyone to read any of that so that they could come on and guess which would mean (laughs) it would be just me by myself talking about it yeah, that's a lot. I that's
1: don't a lot. No, you don't have to but go that far. I've never even gone that far beyond it. I only have just read a good section of The Silmarillion and some of The Lost Tales. But I've reread Lord of the Rings countless times. I have just... It's so dense. But, if if yeah. this is dense, then, it's, like, it's, the actual textbooks yeah. that he wrote for it are... Yeah,
0: disgusting. yeah. And, like, I, I see how people are like, I didn't get into... I couldn't get into, um, Lord of the Rings, like, the books. It's because we're on page, I don't know, 100... We're on page 120. Yeah, like, and,
1: 130 or something-ish.
0: And, like, they're just... It's just Maybe so slow-moving.
1: in... The Shire.
0: Yeah, it's still the Shire, and, like, they stop. So, here, so, continuing on. um, But long story
1: short of what all I was saying, Tom Bombadil if what he claims is true, is very, very
0: old. Yes, he is very, very old. So the hobbits go to bed and they have this, or at least three out of four of them have like a weird, I don't know, Mm -hmm. collective nightmare Mm -hmm. or something. And I was like, at first I was like, oh my gosh, you're going to be able to like, it's going to be represent the four, it's going to represent the four elements and Mm -hmm. then you're going to, I don't know, piece them together and then it's going to create the plot of what happens next. Frodo has a dream about a vast tower not made by hands. On its top stood the figure of a man, which I wrote down, it better be Gandalf. That man better be Gandalf because... He's done nothing, so he should <laughs> at least be able to do something in photo streams. And then I'm pretty sure it is Gandalf because the next sentence is the moon. Moon glistened as it rose seemed to wait. That's not the man. The moon. Oh my gosh, I can't read the moon as, as it, it rose. The to moon. Hang. That's it. Yeah. The moon as it rose seemed to hang for a moment above his head. And glistened in his white hair as the wind stirred it. And then it says, the figure lifted his arms and a light flashed from the staff that he wielded. A mighty eagle swept down and bore him away. And I know that there is, I think, some gif or something of Gandalf flying on an eagle or something. So I'm pretty sure that's Gandalf, which... Fine by me, because yeah. I'm just like Gandalf. Show up, do something. I'll Keep say these keep these hobbits nothing. moving. I was gonna say, yeah. You I'm at say any point nothing. during this, uh, you yeah, you complete the fifth.
1: Yeah, 100. Yeah,
0: to anything I say, if you think any response at all would be a spoiler, and then Pippin has a kind of a nightmare. And then remembers the comforting words that Tom Bombadil Mm -hmm. or Goldie Berry, whatever her name is, said. And then Mary also has some kind of a nightmare.
1: Where he, like, starts to drown.
0: Yeah, which is terrifying. Really scary. And then it just says, Sam slept through the night in deep content. If logs... if. Wait. What? If
1: logs are All
0: right. Yeah, that's it. Neil can read. <laughs> um, so, it's such yeah, so a funny way to
1: just say "slam." Uh, Sam slept like, like a, a log. log.
0: Yeah. It's like, okay, Tolkien, we get it. You're trying to be fancy here. So, yeah. So, there goes my theory. But I was like, oh, there's it's going to represent, their nightmares are going to represent the four elements. And both, so, no, Sam doesn't have a dream or doesn't have a nightmare, at least. So I do think
1: they represent.
0: That's got to represent something.
1: Their are And I mean, I'm sure I'm also sure
0: that these are intense foreshadowing (laughs) the all of these dreams that they're having are a lot of foreshadowing, which you don't have to comment on. Neil is just nodding his head. Which yes, basically yes,
1: yes. Yes. Yeah. I played the fit. Yes. I, I, it's, yeah, I'm saying I'm yes sure to are not commenting.
0: Yeah, it's foreshadowing. Yeah. I and don't I, know what it's
1: foreshadowing. We can talk about it. I don't know, like I don't know if you ever want to go back and be like, oh I, I now I realize these things having read it. Yeah. But um I wanna know what your thoughts are on these dreams and the way that he talks about them after having experienced more of the book. Yeah. Because I think once you know them more, it'll be oh, indicative yeah, of their characters. Yeah, it'll
0: yeah. I That's think I, like
1: I wonder what they tell of their kids. <laughs> to do post-reading yeah. having, I guess I already know, but.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, Yeah, I'm interested to see what it means or what is like revealed about Sam later on Mm -hmm. that like I can go back and be like, oh, that makes sense for why he didn't have a dream, which part of me thinks, oh, it's because he dies. But I'm assuming that doesn't happen because everyone under the earth has been like, Sam is the real hero here. (laughs) So I can't imagine he dies. And I also don't feel like Tolkien would kill off a supposedly beloved character. But who knows? Anything is anything is game.
1: Anything is possible. He killed
0: all, killed Lúmen and Tonks at the same time. You can kill Sam off. So. Yeah, I mean,
1: if you could kill them without even giving them a death scene, uh, you can do whatever you want, I guess.
0: Don't even. So they wake up, and this is another moment where I'm like, I'm sure there's symbolism here because Tolkien makes a point to say that they Frodo looks out like the eastern window, and Pippin looks out the western window, or something. I'm like, I'm sure these mean lots of things. I just can't be bothered at the moment. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Which I know makes it sound like I don't care about reading this right now, but it was just like, I'm like, I'm sure these have deeper meanings, but I'm also afraid to Google anything because I'm afraid it's going to spoil something. Like, I'm afraid it'll be like, well, typically when the East and West are represented together in a book, uh, specifically talking about windows, it's talking about the – I mean, I'm sure it has something to do with, like, sunset and sunrise – but, like, I'm afraid of, I would be able to piece together something that, like, oh, this means Frodo is gonna die, and mm-hmm. Pippin is gonna be the one to save him, or something. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I, w- I will say is just that that theme of East and West is very pervasive through the three of them. Interested to see what you do with that information. Um and I've, you picked up on it on on a yeah. part that like I like, don't know.
0: There's all these words in this book and if Tolkien like specifically mentions what direction something is like a window is facing, right. I'm like, that's gotta be important.
1: Especially if you contextualize that this is this book was written on like hand notes and a typewriter. Oh
0: gosh, right? I didn't know hand even... notes
1: and a typewriter. My so... hand,
0: my hand cramps just writing my notes for each chapter. Yeah. I can't imagine. Right? Gosh, that's right? awesome.
1: So the letters and the words that he picked are intentional. Yeah, they're because very intentional. he's writing by hand and then having to typewriter it. Yeah. And there was no delete. And there was no, like, copy and paste. And if you messed up a page, you just had to start over.
0: Oh, man. <laughs> so this day that they wake up, it's apparently... It's Pouring rain. And I just love how they're like, Yeah, there are these evil people who are following us, but I mean it's raining so Same day guys, might as well chill. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's all they do is they, mm-hmm. they chill. And then I wrote down, okay, so Tom is like born from the forest or something, if he can Shield himself from the rain mm-hmm. because it describes him coming in from the rain and it looks like there's some kind of invisible umbrella hovering ag- yeah. above him because he comes in and he's completely dry. dry. And I'm just like, okay, he's he's born from old man Willow, the yeah. tree like is his father, which or something.
1: I thought was really funny when I was listening to some of your earlier episodes. you talked about how the the trees like moving and stirring and waking up reminded you of Prince Caspian. Yeah, um, because guess what? Who was Tolkien's.
0: A- yes, C.S. Lewis. Yeah. 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 So,
1: like, there's a reason if you're ever reading Narnia or Tolkien and you're like, this
0: feels like
1: it's because the other one was like, oh, you should do this, do this to your novel. <laughs> and they're like, no, I don't like that critique. And then see- went and wrote their own novel.
0: I want to see the pitch of C.S. Lewis to Tolkien about, like, and then a lion comes in and, and saves everything. Jesus. And Tolkien's
1: like, I had you until that point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you had me until that point. It's
0: like, I, n- no. But of the Rings,
1: yeah. just a little fun fact. It almost ruined their friendship.
0: Wasn't it so if I recall I don't remember. I go on. Um, I have vague I have like vague memories of talking about like Tolkien, Lewis, fantasy, like the genre and everything in like one of my uh like I had a film class as an elective at some point in yeah. college.
1: They were just I think they were really good buddies and they both I think it was when they were both like at university and then became professors together, I wanna say. So listeners if I'm wrong, <laughs> You can just kill Go me,
0: ahead. I guess. <laughs> Go ahead and at him.
1: Yeah, I guess just kill me. Um, but, like, they became friends and, and then both started teaching, like, similar courses. And they both had very similar upbringings. They both had, like, grown up in the church. But they both responded to Christianity and religion differently.
0: Yeah, that's what um, I feel like I remember. Because wasn't it, like... Or C.S. Lewis, his was so rooted in, like, bib, in like the Bible yeah, and biblical, biblical characters narratives. and themes and everything. Yeah. And Tolkien didn't want his books to have any part of that.
1: Yeah, which I, he can say that. He can try and be like, this is not at all. Well, I mean, I, but like-
0: I feel like there are so many, like, literary themes or something that can be traced back to. Because, I mean, like, the Bible was one of the, like, first mass-produced books. widespread yeah.
1: books. yeah. Um, Where were we? Oh yes, yeah. So they both just res- they they responded to Christianity differently, and Tolkien was just not feeling those Christian themes that are still in the book. And um, I mean, he kind of went. I want to say like.
0: separate ways, or something. Yeah. In and, terms of. And Lord of the Rings
1: kind of like like especially Middle Earth, it kind of just consumed him him and not necessarily in like a, a bad way but not also in a like a positive way and I sometimes because like so that was all he was working on
0: yeah times. i can't imagine like being his kid and being like dad want to go play ball and it's like i can't mm-hmm. i have to write in detail what this water nymph woman <laughs> looks like
1: Frodo is one time going to use a spoon and if I don't tell the readers everything that happens to that spoon afterwards well then how will they understand that this <laughs> world is real yeah <laughs> can we please just go play ball no Frodo and Sam are not at the mountain yet god, it's been six years
0: oh my god oh, that, yeah that's another thing that we are talking about over text messages how much time passes in this that in the movie, you're like, oh, this is over the course of, like, one week. Yeah. And this is over the course of several, many several, years. Like,
1: like, like
0: between chapters one and two, like, 20 years passes, yes. basically. Yes. And then...
1: When when Gandalf is, like, after after Bilbo leaves... And the, the movie makes you really honestly feel like it's 20 minutes. Like, Gandalf is like, hey, Frodo buddy, I'm gonna go check out some things, be right back. And then, like... Uber's Uber's somewhere else, and then like,
0: asks about snow. the ring. Yeah, and then
1: like comes back, and he's like, "Hey, but here I have all this information. Here you go." That's Here's like the evil a ring. 17, nine year like 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 yeah. seventeen-year process. Yeah,
0: and in the book, it makes sense because so originally, I was very confused about why Gandalf would leave Frodo the ring if he knew it was dangerous or evil or something like why wouldn't he well I guess we know he didn't want it with Bilbo because Bilbo was already a little bit consumed by it mm-hmm. um but like why would he leave it with Frodo and it's because then in that 17 year gap between when he comes back in the next chapter he's learning he's about learning the about ring it, yeah he doesn't know anything so yeah and, and the it's, movie it's, it's a it probably just makes him look super reckless and irresponsible yes. and clueless. Yeah,
1: it does. It does. Because, like, 20 minutes, maybe, is, like, <laughs> that scene ends, and he says the, like, keep it secret, keep it safe, and, like, flees. And then, new scene, like, Frodo walks back in, and Gandalf's like, hey, bud, sit down. Um Let me tell you a fun yeah, story. Yeah, and it's not, like, like... Frodo went from being uh, considered a, a kid by Hobbit standards in that first chapter, and then like Gandalf comes back with darker information, and like Frodo's a man now. Like there's a, there's a change. I feel yeah. that we may not, we'll never really know because there's that huge time skip. But I know definitively the events of The Hobbit take what takes like thirteen months. That's the timeline that he says when they, when Bilbo comes back that he'd been gone for that long. I want to say. The, all the events of of Lord of the Rings like just traveling you know like as the fellowship not having yeah. those those gap years I, I I have to say like five or so years
0: oh my gosh this is the longest quest ever
1: yeah but it's also like if you had to walk all the way across Europe if yeah you think about it like that. I mean yeah I <laughs> guess
0: that makes sense um so um they decide yeah they decide to take a rain day and they're chilling chill day. yeah basically chill day and um Tom Bombadil, like, sings them songs and tells them tales. Also, do you think it's
1: super creepy that, like, he's always there. And I don't mean that, like, like yeah, it's his house. But they'll be trying, like, they'll be getting ready for bed. And he's just, like, sitting in a chair, not talking to them. Just yeah. in the room with them.
0: Yeah. yeah. And then when
1: they wake up, they always wake up to him.
0: Yeah. Once again, going back to my theory that this could be a horror movie. Easily. It's, like, the jump cut. I mean, the, ju- the jump scare could be, like, Frodo is looking... Down the hall, cause he thinks he hears a noise, and then he's like, "Oh, huh? Guess it was nothing, just the one And then he turns around, and then Tom Bombadil's there. Real, it's like um the the Shia LaBeouf thing, actual human cannibal Shia LaBeouf thing. It's like he there he is lurking in the woods. (laughs) Exactly, Tom Tom Bombadil.
1: (laughs) Tom bombadillo He's coming with a knife. I mean, it's just Tom Bombadil.
0: That's terrifying. And yeah, Tolkien then, like I said earlier, gets away with quote unquote explaining everything by explaining nothing at all. And basically... Has these paragraphs where he's like, and then Tom Bombadil talked about um, the trees and the flowers and the bees and the woods. And suddenly it all seemed to make sense to Frodo. And it's like, the more he talked, the more Frodo understood. And I'm like, well, I understand nothing.
1: <laughs> yeah. So That's, that, that just ties right back into that un, unreliable aspect, too. That Maybe. we're not privy to all of Frodo's thoughts and Frodo's learning. And, like, that has to be intentional, I yeah.
0: feel. Yeah. Also, he probably just didn't want to write it on that typewriter. Which, I don't blame him. It's a lot yeah, of work. That's a,
1: that's a lot of work to do.
0: It is a lot of words. And this is when... So, I had a theory in... Ooh. What?
1: Let me ask you how, how you feel before I, I dive into this topic. Because it's based off something that Tom, Dom, Tom Bombadil says. And it doesn't spoil anything for Lord of the Rings. Okay. But it needs some Marillion background um, Yeah, to explain I don't it. care about it. You don't care? No. Okay, so you know how he has that paragraph where he says that um, when Frodo says, who are you, master? He asked, eh, what? Said Tom, <laughs> sitting up and his eyes glinting in the gloom. Do you not know? Don't you know my name yet? That's the only answer. Tell me who you are, alone, yourself, and nameless. But you are young and I am old. Eldest, that's what I am. Mark my words, my friend. Tom was here before the river and the trees. Tom remembers the first raindrop and the first acorn. He made paths before the big people and, uh, and saw the little people arriving. He was here before the kings and the graves and the barrow whites. When the elves passed westward, Tom was already here before the seas were bent. He knew the dark under the stars when it was fearless, before the dark lord came from outside." And Dark Lord and Outsider both both capitalized outside. Which means that not only is Tom Bombadil old, he might arguably be the oldest sentient creature yeah. on Middle-earth. Because the Dark Lord that he's talking about here from the outside is not Sauron. Oh! It's Sauron's master. What is master. that? Like,
0: original sin or yes. something? <laughs> His name
1: is Morgoth. Okay. Yeah, and he's Sauron's master. There was this one god who started creating things, and from oh. those, like, like, thoughts, he was just thinking, basically. And from those thoughts were, like, personified of his mind. And mm-hmm. those were the twelve, uh, Valor or Einar. Einar. Um, they're basically, like, the Greek Olympian and, like, the Pantheon. Together, all of them, like, performed back to him. This great chorus performed back to, like, the one creator. He loved it so much he used it to, like, materialize existence. That's the way that he his you know, in the, in the beginning there was nothing and then God <laughs> said, let there be light. Like, it was basically, yeah. that's his story. And then there's one named originally Melkor who wanted to create in the way that the One God was creating, but he couldn't because he's only a piece of him. So he Uh, rebelled against him, and when he started making things, they were like corrupted and evil. So like he created the orc and like all those kinds
0: of darkness.
1: Um, And then there are the Maiar, which are like angels, Mm -hmm. servants of these gods. And that's what Sauron was. He uh, was one of the angels that was turned by by Morgoth.
0: Man. I mean, talk about Tolkien. De- definitely, this has Those a lot of biblical roots.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because
0: like Lucifer, the fallen angel. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, this has a lot of
1: a lot of of biblical um, roots.
0: Whether or not he likes it,
1: yeah. Whether or not he likes it,
0: it's, it's true. It's basically
1: there. You can't, it's like and come on. That's right, why I it. feel because Tom Bombadil saying before the Dark Lord came from outside. He's talking about Morgoth like, like the coming original, down originally yeah. and being because they created this world. It was beautiful. And then Morgoth entered it in materiality and started Ugh. corrupting it. And so he's talking about when Morgoth came, brand new world, just like fresh and, and, and perfect.
0: And then he Tom
1: Bombadil was, was there. there. That's before any of the other gods started creating anything.
0: That's pretty cool. So that's, that's pretty cool. On the previous episode, as we're recording, it's the episode that came out today, but a week ago for you listeners, I had a theory, or not, not even a theory. It was just like I use it as a reference point, and it kind of turned out to be true. I compared the old forest to that swamp in the episode of Avatar: The Last Airbender, mm-hmm. where they get lost, mm-hmm. and then they find, and then there are all these mirages, and it's really spooky and scary, and then they find out. That all of the life in the swamp stems from this one tree. And that's essentially the old forest. And it says, it's talking about, let's see, Great Willow. And it says, His great, his gray, thirsty spirit drew power out of the earth and spread like fine root threads in the ground. An invisible twig fingers in the air till it had under its dominion nearly all the trees of the forest from the hedge to the downs. So I was right. Mm-hmm.
1: But instead of it being like a semi-neutral guardian, like an avatar, he yeah. wants to
0: eat people. Yeah, yeah. Instead of it being like a like a, you must learn about the earth and the energy that flows through it. And but it's like no, this is the evil tree, and he's gonna eat you. And all of his friends are going to eat
1: you. I do get it, because he has that line about how the toms' words laid bare, the hearts of trees and their thoughts, which are often dark and strange and filled with the hatred of things that go free upon the earth, gnawing, biting, breaking, hacking, burning, destroyers and usurpers. Yeah,
0: which... Yeah, you can't, yeah, you can't, yeah, can't, as soon I as he... can't fault Old Man
1: Willow for not wanting... Exactly, as soon as
0: Tolkien <laughs> explains it like that, that, you know, humans or other people or other things that have destroyed, that are, yeah, gnawing, biting, breaking, like it sounds, they, well, humans are the real monsters, after all, <laughs> like on, the, on The Walking Dead, it's like, we are The Walking Dead, anyway, yeah, it's like, yeah, you can't, you can't blame him, because I haven't treated the forest so good yeah um and then it goes into so the titles of the sometimes the titles of the chapters give away nothing at all and that's what titles of chapters should do but the title of the next chapter kind of gives away this part tom goes into a description of the barrow downs Mm -hmm. and basically it's this gross evil place, and later on he gives them like specific instructions on how to avoid it but given the fact that the next chapter is called like in the barrow downs we know that they get there so Uh, that was kind of like a spoiler and so it's described as let's see a shadow came out of dark places far away and the bones were stirred in the mounds Barrow-whites walked in the hollow places with a clink of rings on cold fingers and gold chains in the wind. Stone rings grinned out of the ground like broken teeth in the moonlight. Ugh. And then as, and then the next words are the hobbits shuddered. Which yeah. is, yeah, that's. Tolkien, he might spend forever describing just how much yellow Goldberry is wearing, but he also writes bone-chilling descriptions Mm -hmm. of really gross evil stuff.
1: Yeah, he's really good at at describing um, evil things, fell things, as you'll eventually have him just... That's a phrase he created. F E L L things more, more from that. Yeah, religious... more from the
0: the Bible that he claims to not know. Yeah, I know. I yeah. feel like if someone to someone were to present, like write an essay or a dissert- dissertation or something, writing about all the parallels between Lord of the Rings and the Bible, and they presented it to Tolkien, he would just give the he would just do the Mariah Carey. Oh, I I can't I, can't I can't read. read, read. I suddenly can't oh, I read. I suddenly can't read. <laughs> so then they have dinner. And this is, once again, where I think there could be a big plot point in the Jordan Peele horror movie version. We come to find out that Tom Bombadil kind of knew, was expecting them and knew this would happen and knows, knows about the ring somehow, Mm -hmm. or I guess Frodo starts telling him about the ring or something. And then he asks for it or asks to see it and Frodo just hands it to him. Which, this is the point in the movie where it's like, oh, the reason they've been so nice and pleasant and welcoming is because they're trying to trick them into giving them the ring. And this is the point in the movie where, like, they use the ring and they become evil and then they eat the hobbit souls or Mm -hmm. whatever. And then they go take over the rest of the world.
1: Especially when it says... And Frodo, to his own astonishment, yeah. drew out the chain from his pocket and unfastened yeah. the ring at once to Tom. Yeah, like
0: not only did he take it off of not only did he take it out, he took it off of the chain
1: and then handed, which it like to
0: yeah, and then handed it to him. And
1: and it's interesting that uh, no one has talked about the ring that we know of because um, you know unreliable unreliable narrator narrator, but that Tom Bombadil says, "Show me the precious ring."
0: Yeah, which again makes me feel like he it just gives me very distrustful vibes like mm-hmm. i i i'm i, You're I not think we're supposed to trust him i suppose but the fact that he calls it my precious which is like one of the only quote there's like three quotes i know from the movies and one of them is is gollum going my precious and if we have this character calling it my precious, also that just doesn't doesn't bode well for me. Oh, oh yeah, but yeah, yeah. the fact the fact that you said yeah to Frodo's own astonishment again once again like whatever enchanting, intoxicating like they're having some kind of enchanting, intoxicating effect on the hobbits, mm-hmm. and they're like singing and saying things and doing all these the stuff that like normally they wouldn't do, and
1: just is, like wholly trusting them yeah. immediately, yeah, revealing information yeah. that like they they. We're told by Gandalf, hey, don't tell people what your mission is. Yeah. Hey, hey, random stranger in the forest, want this ring we're supposed to destroy?
0: Yeah, which is... It's funny, like, how Gandalf was like, don't tell anyone. And pretty much every single person they have come into contact with at least has some idea of what's going on. Like, even Farmer Maggot was like, Mm -hmm. I know you're in trouble, and I'm assuming it has something to do with part of Bilbo's treasure, which is not wrong. Not wrong. And And, like, it's not a good secret to have
1: Mm-mm. yeah and then he slips the ring on and nothing happens he gets yeah. the ring on and that's nothing what's happened.
0: spooky that's what's spooky
1: they're they like looking at him he has the ring on his finger and then all of a sudden they all realize he doesn't turn invisible yeah it just it's just a normal he's ring he's just sitting there and he takes it off flicks it in the air and it disappears in the middle of the air yeah which they all freak out about because like I mean, great I job too. Frodo you just gave this dude the ring and now he's sent it back to Sauron and then he basically pulls that old dad corner I was going to I
0: wrote down I wrote down is Tom doing <laughs> sleight of hand magic with the ring like this is when I was like, I'm done. Did you your so-
1: nose, Frodo the whole time? Yeah, I'm so glad. No, Tom, we saw you put it in the other hand.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: Bomba Bombadil being like, "Where's the ring?"
0: <laughs> Doing the 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 thumb trick yeah. for you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, we'll tell you everything. That's the most amazing magic we've ever seen. Yes,
0: <laughs> they're like babies when they do like, "I got your nose." <sighs> Where did it go?
1: Well, like they start crying. He's like, no, no,
0: no, 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 no. Oh, you have your nose. We don't understand object permanence.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. And then here's the part where Frodo kind of catches on to it too. He <laughs> says, Frodo looked at it closely. This is after, after Tom Bombadil passed it to him. And rather suspiciously, like one who had lent a trinket to a juggler, it is the same ring or it was the same ring or looked the same and weighed the same for that ring always seemed to Frodo to weigh strangely heavy in the hand but something prompted him to make sure he was perhaps a trifle annoyed with Tom for seeming to make so light of what even Gandalf thought so perilously important. Yes. He waited for an opportunity when the talk was going on again and Tom was telling an absurd story about badgers and their queer ways which badgers Badgers. are now gay (laughs) allies. Um,
0: Which hang on I need to insert here yes we understand that the original context of queer is strange and weird and has nothing to do with the LGBT community. That being said, sometimes it's just funny to read it in that context. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so the, Badger the said, badgers say gay
1: rights. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, and then Frodo, Frodo slips on the ring and to his delight, No one can see him. And so then he's like, hee hee, I'm going to wear the ring and sneak around. And he got up and crept quietly away from this fireside towards the outer door. Hey there, cried Tom, glancing towards him with a most seeming look in his shining eyes. Hey, come Frodo there. Where be you a-goin'? Told old Tom Bombadil's not as blind as that yet. Take off your golden ring, your hands more fair without it, and come back. Leave your game and sit down beside me. He, he can see through the ring's invisibility. Yeah,
0: that's He doesn't but, turn
1: invisible. He has literally no feelings about the ring. The ring that, like, basically seduces and also corrupts, like, everyone around him. Yeah. And he's um, just like,
0: oh, what a fun, what a fun silly trinket. trinket. Yeah, A
1: little fun trinket. And can see through it. It's it's like, hey, Tolkien, why did you write this dude? And then go ahead and die, not tell us anything oh, about God. it. <laughs> well,
0: the other thing is, at this point, I'm like, he, the fact that, like... He doesn't come back. Or maybe... I don't know. Maybe... I He's, can't remember I, what he said. I don't think
1: he comes... If I'm remembering correctly, I don't think he comes back as a character. They mention him a couple
0: times. Okay. He seems like a great, all-knowing, all-powerful person to have on the team mm-hmm. to Mount Doom. Mm-hmm. And it just seems like great untapped potential. And I guess the I don't know quote unquote excuse for not having him is that it's like nah he'd rather just stay in the forest yeah the you know this evil ancient ring he doesn't care about it
1: yeah and I think that's kind of an interesting interesting point that you make like he's a very powerful person but he doesn't want to so he's not going to yeah Um, that's actually kind of a recurring theme in Lord of the Rings like you hear a lot about the elves are fleeing and the elves are immortal beings very powerful magic like very powerful armies they could most likely stand up against Sauron again because they already have once but they're like choosing they don't want to yeah like they're choosing to go and so there's kind of that's like a a very in, like um it's a thread that continues throughout the story of, of like these very powerful supreme beings being like I can but why should I that doesn't sound fun yeah <laughs> um it's a really interesting way to look at at some of about uh, at power and like the difference between like these these meekest characters literal Little tiny tiny babies, tiny yeah. baby halfling games, yeah. are like going to make this very treacherous journey yeah. when there's all these creatures around them that like
0: probably could do it quicker, easier, better. better. Yeah, they wouldn't yeah. get hurt. So they it's they an interesting dichotomy,
1: and it continues for a really long like. Just throughout all three books.
0: Yeah. I feel, I was kind of, what I was kind of hoping would happen is that, like, every person they meet along the way, they're like, why don't you join us? And they just, like, tack on another person to their, like, uh, Mordor fighting party Mm -hmm. or whatever. And some more joy team. yeah, and and that's not happening so far. So um, I'm hoping they introduce some more people soon. Which I mean, I guess has to happen soon because I'm kind of I'm starting to plan ahead for the next couple episodes and chapters and stuff. And I'm kind of I'm like, oh wow, the end of the first half of this, the end of book one, which is part one of Fellowship mm. of the Ring. Not to be confused, like not to make it more confusing. Also, the fact that, like, Tolkien is like, these aren't three separate books. It's one, one book. long book.
1: Yeah, it's that's like, that's how it is, too. But then publish them as three separate books. Yeah, exactly. And you're just like,
0: well, you know, yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, we're not that far from, from what I assume, what I hope, more is going to happen in book two, in the second part of this. They end the antics with the ring and their song and dance and and whatever yeah
1: the rain they can't keep using the rain as an excuse yeah and tom to hang out with their new friend the
0: i almost said the episode ends so the chapter <laughs> ends with them tom teaching them a song which is essentially his version of beetlejuice beetlejuice beetlejuice
1: mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because you literally say his name three times yeah
0: the yeah his name is said three times and you sing the song and it's kind of in plot like he doesn't specifically say like oh if you sing this song i'll show up and help you he just says, like, if you're ever in trouble, sing this song, mm-hmm. um, and you'll feel better. So. never
1: falters when it's singing, yeah. is ba- basically what he says.
0: Yeah. Um, so, and that's that's how this chapter ends. And...
1: He hands them all a little brown lunch bag, puts a kiss on all their heads, and... <laughs> and tucks them into bed. <laughs> and then just, like, pushes them <laughs> out towards them. the bus stop.
0: Yeah. So, normally this is where, like, I guess I would end for an episode, but chapter eight is kind of short in the sense that like it's a lot like not a lot happens over Mm -hmm. several pages so we're just this might be a longer episode so hang in there folks and now we're gonna take an ad break just kidding i don't have ads (laughs) (laughs) wouldn't that be amazing blue apron (laughs) (laughs) the most insane thing I think about ads now on podcasts is when true crime podcasts have ads. And it'll be like, like true crime podcasts need to figure out a better way to transition from like the storytelling into the ad. Because it'll be like, and then they found her deceased body chopped and sliced into a trash bag. You know what else you can chop and slice? Carrots in your new <laughs> package of Blue Apron, which is free with this. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like... Can you, like, at least, like, I don't know. And I love
1: that every podcast is sponsored by Blue Apron.
0: Oh, my gosh. No, some of them, <laughs> are, no, a lot of them are Hello Fresh. I think it's because originally, I think Blue Apron was the only one, and then now there are so many other ones. There's one, I think there's one called, like, Dinnerly or something. I don't know. I know there's one called Hello Fresh, but we're, we're, not spon- yeah, sponsor, we're not sponsored. Yeah, right? we're not sponsored. All of those, <laughs> all of those people just got free... Spot uh, of so promotion. So much advertising. Yeah. Oh,
1: yes. <laughs> yeah. So I, I feel like this chapter can be summed up in one And Tom Bombadil said, hey, guys, don't go to the Barrow Downs. And they
0: do. do <laughs> yes. So, yes. Chapter eight, Fog on the Barrow Downs. They, oh, I
1: wonder where they're going. Yeah,
0: exactly. Which again, like I said, how the chapter is a complete spoiler for what yeah. happens, despite the fact that Tom like describes how awful and horrible it is there, and then he gives them like, specific directions for how to avoid it and all this stuff. Go and, through
1: it, not over it.
0: Yeah, and then the chapter starts right off with they're leaving, and they pretty much left, and then Frodo goes, wait, I didn't say goodbye to Goldberry. And then they have to turn around so he can go say goodbye, or maybe she, I don't know if it's, I, I, I wasn't sure. They either turn around and go meet her, or she just, like, materializes. yeah. And it's he like, he yeah, realizes I that they
1: didn't say goodbye to Goldberry, because wherever she was, she just wasn't around, and yeah. so they all turn to go back and then like behind them she's like no come this way yeah and they turn around and there she is on a hill and they like sprint to her to be like we love you mom (laughs)
0: goodbye which is very weird if they have crushes on her yeah i guess it is kind of (laughs) weird also side note tom bombadil and goldberry kind of i don't know why but for whatever reason give me um the secret tunnel vibes from the the band going secret tunnel like, very flower child yes. playing music. Yeah. This is an Avatar reference, again. Last are back
1: to this. Oh, um, yeah. And then Goldberry, I feel like, is, is when they talk about the Barrow Downs, they're just kind of like, I don't remember how it ends. But something about the Barrow Downs. Yeah. And then later they get there and they're
0: like, I remember and and dies. Dies. Oh, that's, wait, and that's how it ends. And dies. Dies. <laughs> that's how the Secret Tunnel song ends. Yeah, they're like, Secret yeah. Tunnel. I don't remember how it ends. Yeah, I don't remember the next part. And then it goes, Secret Tunnel. Secret, secret, secret Tunnel. Yeah. Uh, oh, and it. I remember how that ended.
1: And, and dies. dies. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah that's, I feel like that's Mary or Pippin when they showed up to the Barrow Downs. And they're like, I remember how this song ends.
0: <laughs> oh, so essentially... Yeah, and there she Everything is. She's clad in
1: light, as always, and always wearing yellow. Yellow,
0: yes, and flowers. I think
1: always, always, always.
0: So um, this yeah. is once again where Tolkien loses me with the excessive description of like directions and references to locations mm-hmm. because there are multiple locations, and I'm like, I don't know where you are. He's <laughs> I like, know. and due to the north was the Rivendell. Yeah, Oh you know what? Here we go. So as they stood up, they stood upon the knoll in the forest, which could now be seen rising pale and green out of the dark trees in the west. In that direction, the land rose in wooded ridges, green, yellow russet under the sun, beyond which lay hidden the valley of Brandywine. To the south, over the line of the Withy Wendell, there was a distant glint of pale glass where the Brandywine River made a great loop in the lowlands and and then he goes on to describe like what's north and what's east Mm -hmm. and I'm like, I don't know.
1: All all the cardinal directions. I have, this book I actually do believe has a map.
0: Yeah, my book has a map but it is not good. I'm like, I don't know where you are.
1: So, yeah.
0: What did I say? Don't oh, yeah. go so to the
1: Barrow Down Yeah, I wrote, previous I chapter,
0: Tom told them to avoid the Barrow Downs. Judging by the name of this chapter, that doesn't happen. Yeah. And, and then I wrote, so, yeah, so this chapter basically consists of them walking around. They're kind of following their directions. They're stopping to eat every now and then. Mm-hmm. Things are good. And then this is where things go wrong. Let me, let me put it like this. Tom and Goldie did all they could to set the hobbits up for success. And the hobbits ruined it. By accidentally falling asleep while lying (laughs) in the grass and looking at the clouds. Yep. And that's what happens. They're like eating lunch. Everything's good. It's sunny and warm. Yay. They lie down in the grass and are looking at the clouds. And then it says they like later on awoke from a nap they never intended to take. And I was Mm -hmm. like, I mean, I've been there too. Yeah, totally get that. But um, not when I'm avoiding a very dangerous place and you're supposed to be out of there by... You know, nightfall. And so basically this screws them over completely. And they because wake, up, they and wake up and the sun's basically setting. Yeah, the sun's setting, it's cold and foggy now, everything's dark, it's much more spookier. So they're following the path that they think or the direction that they think is supposed to it's supposed to lead them out of there. And somehow they end up in the bear down. Surprise. Surprise. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Frodo is like, Oh, I think I see the way. Come along, friends. And he speeds ahead, which you're never supposed to do, by the way. As someone who has, like, traveled with friends and I've been, like, leading some friends, like, down a street or whatever, I'm like, oh, it's this way. Come along. And then I start walking and then I turn around and I realize they are not following me. Yes. That's what happens here. Frodo is like, where are they? And then it's just a lot of frantic, all of the hobbits running around the forest calling out for each other. Yeah. And then it gets extra spooky. It's kind of like one of
1: those, like, like monster chase Scooby-Doo moments. Yeah. Right? Like, like, it's a foggy hall, <laughs> and they just, like, keep running in and out of doors, and they yeah. can't find each other, yeah, and, like, yeah, yeah, go yeah. in one door and come out of another.
0: And the other thing that I'm not sure about is, do the whites, like, mimic their voices and try to, like, lead them in other directions or something? Because it says... Or maybe not. I don't know. Maybe I just wanted that to be, like... No, no. I think it's
1: another one of those, like... It's left ambiguous because the, whoever the narrator is is unreliable. But he, because there is that point where um, Sam Sam, Mary Pippin, the ponies bolted into the mist and vanished from some far. Uh, some way off or so it seemed, he thought he heard a cry, Hoi, Frodo, hoi. It was a way east for Donna's left that he stood against the great stones, staring and straining into the gloom. Yeah. And then as he keeps going, he keeps hearing voices, a thin voice out of the mist say, Frodo, hoi. And then a cry that sounded like help, often repeated, ending with a last help that trailed off into a long well, suddenly cut short. Um, so yeah. I don't i don't it's, know if you're, if it's you're supposed good. to believe that it's Merry of Pippin. Um, or if... The, the whites the, the wraiths, are mimicking them. Which is also... I, like, I wonder, too. Did they fall asleep by some enchantment? Because yes, that's they are, I was, they're near... Um,
0: that's what I was wondering at first. Because place. in the Old Forest chapter, they, like, suddenly get oh, overcome yeah. with sleep and, and they, they fall asleep. asleep
1: and then old man willow and
0: yeah and then like frodo gets lured away to the river and falls asleep and one of the trees tries to so drown, drown him in him. the river <laughs> and so that's what i was that's what i thought at first i was like oh it's like another like weird sleeping enchantment spell yeah and then and it's i a, wouldn't
1: put it past this so, forest yeah
0: yeah i mean the, it very easily could have been they laid down to look at the clouds and Ooh, they man, fell asleep or fell asleep. yeah or they laid down to look at the clouds and the forest were like perfect an opportunity. Yeah. Point being, they're all separated and bad things happen. Frodo all of a sudden comes face to face with one of these, what are the Barrow Whites? Mm-hmm. It says, trembling, he looked up in time to see a tall, dark figure like a shadow against the stars. It leaned over him. He thought there were two eyes, very cold through lit Wait! Oh my gosh! I can't read. I know Y'all, the text is very small day. too. Trembling, he looked up in time to see a tall, dark figure, like a shadow against the stars. It leaned over him. He thought there were two eyes, very cold, though lit with a pale light that seemed to come from some remote distance. Then a strong, then a grip stronger and colder than iron seized him. The icy touch froze his bones, and he remembered no more.
1: Bum bum bum. Um,
0: so then they wake Frodo. I mean, yeah, Frodo. I got confused about all my people. Frodo wakes up and is like, "Okay, this is bad. Something's happening. This is bad." And I mean, I'm kind of conf- I'm kind of confused about like what what the end game was here for the Whites. <laughs> so okay, so first is this quote that I kind of liked because at first I was like, "Oh, what a fun inspirational quote!" And then it just kind of turned out to be funny. Mm-hmm. It says there is a seed of courage hidden. Often deeply, it is true, in the heart of the fattest and most timid hobbit, waiting for some final and desperate danger to make it grow. Frodo was neither very fat nor very timid. Indeed, though he did not know it, Bilbo and Gandalf had thought him the best hobbit in the Shire. Frodo's like, I gotta do something. I'm gonna be the hero. And he... So I guess the they're God like under some kind of
1: as if for a final spring and you no longer felt limp like a helpless. Yeah. Prey.
0: So I guess so he wakes up and he's kind of like under this I don't know enchantment or curse or whatever and I guess it's like I don't know maybe like sleep paralysis like you wake up and <clears> you're <throat> like I'm awake but my body isn't moving. Yeah. This is really freaky. Oh my gosh! Anyone see the haunting on on Hill House? The sleep paralysis and the bent neck lady. Yes. Uh, Yes.
1: An amazing, amazing show. I highly recommend it to anyone who hasn't seen it.
0: I'm going to pause this podcast now and go start a podcast about that.
1: Another podcast about that.
0: Oh, it's so good. Oh man, if you haven't watched it and you decide to start watching it, look for ghosts in the background. It's very good. It's very good. But anyway, and yeah. It's super
1: so, spooky. It's not, like, well, terribly the other, scary.
0: Yeah, the other thing is, like, like I was like, warning. oh, this
1: It's is... not terribly scary, but it's, like, chilling.
0: Yeah, I thought it was going to be... Yeah, it's mostly just, like, suspenseful and then a couple jump scares every now and then. Although, I will say, the one that got me good was in... I guess I'll edit this part out, because this is a big spoiler, is when... Oh my gosh, it was good. And then it it takes like a hard left turn and it just gets really sad sad and haunting.
1: Yeah, really sad and haunting, but like a haunting of the
0: house. Yeah, yeah. Um, Highly recommend. Anyway, yeah, so they wake wake up and Frodo looks over and he sees Sam, Pippin, and Mary are, they're all like clothed in white mm -hmm. and they have like chains or whatever. And it says something about a sword and I don't know, they, they were on their backs and their faces looked deathly pale and they were clad in white. About them lay many treasures, of gold maybe, though in the light they looked cold and unlovely. On their heads were circlets, gold chains were about their waist, and on their fingers were many rings. Swords lay by their sides, and shields were at their feet, but across, but across their three necks lay one long naked sword." which I don't like the phrase naked sword, yeah. but I get it.
1: Like unshaved. Anyway, Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, I always assumed that 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 the whites were doing some sort of ritual, some sort yeah, of like...
0: That, yeah, so that's what I was... What, is it like beating? a sacrifice? Yeah, are they going to eat them? Is it a sacrifice? Are they like... Do they? Ha- yeah, did they, I guess they have to do some kind of like ceremony or ritual or whatever to... Are they trying to turn them into whites? Mm. Um,
1: cause like, so the thing is, is I, and I'm not really sure, um, there is a quote last chapter that I think ties into this nicely. Um, I know exactly where, what you're
0: talking about. Cause I think I read it. And as I read it out loud, I was like, "Oh, this is what it's talking about.
1: Yes. Yes, you did. You did read it. The one that said sheep walked on uh, walked for a while biting eating grass, but soon the hills were empty again. A shadow came out of dark places far away and the bones stirred in the mounds. It's the one with the broken yeah. teeth in the moonlight. Oh, uh, which ties. I like, want that
0: to be a band name, Dibs.
1: I I've always wondered, and it's never really explained, but I always wondered that because we talked about a shadow came out of dark places far away. Order is very far away. Mm-hmm. The shadow that they always keep talking about, very vaguely, the enemy as yeah, being the shadow Yeah. order. Enemy with a
0: capital E.
1: And the ringwraiths um, as being like a similar kin to these whites, because um, a barrow is just like an old old English word for like. Uh, um, like a burial mount yeah and then so like at some point these were just old burials of old people and I think my thoughts are my theory is that when Sauron like came into being and came into power and started like calling these wraiths to them he awoke them but they weren't ever like fully aware of him does that yeah. make sense so they're like And doing, enacting on people because like Sauron is tainted them, but not fully aware to be like, let's get the ring from Frodo and give it to Sauron. That's what I've always thought.
0: Yeah. So that, yes, well, we don't have to find out what they were doing because then comes our dear friend Tom Bombadil. Um, Frodo does the Beetlejuice summons Mm -hmm. and sings the song, and Tom Bombadil shows up and saves the day.
1: Yep. And gets rid of them and
0: gets rid of them, yes. Well,
1: sends them back to bed or whatever he does,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, they're like, Um, where are our clothes? And he's like, Forget about your clothes, they, they've they been eaten now. Yeah, those are gone. He, yeah, he's like, They're gone. I don't know what happened to them, but like, that should be the least of your concerns, I think. And then he tells it, he's like, I'll go find your horses and get you some clothes and robes or something. I don't know where he gets them, if there's a target in the old forest but
1: <laughs> he rolls up to fantasy target yeah <laughs> and says hey i need some ropes
0: yeah and he tells the yeah he tells the how he's like you are safe now and tells them like you can take off your clothes and lay a while in the grass and that's what they do and it just makes me laugh that the four hobbits take just their clothes off down. and strip down
1: But it all hang out while they hang out
0: and they yeah and they all lie in the grass next to each other naked mm-hmm <laughs> Mm-hmm. True mm-hmm. broship, yeah. True broship. I
1: want to say gay, but also like they're all cousins. They're all, yeah.
0: They're all related. They're all bros. Four bros are chilling in the grass, five feet apart because they're not gay, but still <laughs> naked. But, but very still, naked.
1: This is like a separate piece when they went to the beach.
0: Oh no! Don't get me. Scared. No, <laughs> I don't want to ruin. I don't want to ruin a separate piece for you because I know it's one of your favorites, and so it was. Good uh the other day neil and i were talking i'd say the other day i think it was like this morning maybe yeah we were talking about like we were talking about how after you get out of school there are a lot of books that you're like oh wait this is actually good or like this is enjoyable or i want to read this again and i was saying how uh
1: proof that um we're both out of college for the most part and now we're deciding to close read a book and then make a podcast about it yeah
0: yeah exactly (laughs) like And, and then talk about it and um And I said that I cannot recall a single book from any of my English high school classes that I I mean the ones that I liked were let's see there was Night, Anthem Mm -hmm. and Great Gatsby are the ones that I remember being like yeah that was good and then all the other ones I remember either not reading or finishing looking at you Canterbury Tales thank you by the way shout out to Sarah Murphy if she happens to be listening I copied all of your Canterbury Tales notes (laughs) because it was during um it was during Tech Week for um little shop that we were reading it and we had to do all these really detailed like notes for homework and I was like I don't have time for this and Sarah's like I'll do it and I was like thank you (laughs) um so anyway but yeah the separate piece I remember being very angered by it was one of those books where I was like this is both both pointless and makes me angry (laughs) no a separate piece Spoilers here.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for right. a
0: book that was written 6 well, years ago or something. I
1: already made fun of you for saying, <laughs> yeah. no Lord, like like two episodes or three episodes ago, you and your friend are talking about, what, what's the statute of limitations on spoilers? Spoilers, yeah. And this book is almost <laughs> 70 years old. And, no and I'm not allowed to like say anything about the end.
0: No spoilers, please. <laughs> well, I think it's if I I think if someone specifically requests to you, yeah, "Hey, no, I can you not that. spoil that?" then you should be a pal and not do that. So, like, for example, if you and your friends are talking about Lost and someone comes up and is like, oh, you're talking about Lost? I just started it. And then someone goes, oh, did
1: you know that the island is blah, 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 blah. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Avoiding Lost spoilers here on what, what I'm
0: talking about. Even though Lost ended, you know, 10... Twelve years ago, I don't know. I don't know. You know, you're still. You can still be a pal, and and you know, just don't, just don't be a jerk. You don't, just don't need to be that person. I
1: mean, we're we're closer, so. we're closer to twenty thirty than we are tonight
0: someone was like was anyone gonna tell me oh it's that meme the of the
1: oh so was anyone gonna tell me tell me or was
0: i just supposed to I it was, was like was anyone myself? supposed to tell me that we're four months away from the end of the 2010s yeah. or was i just supposed to keep track of the passage of time myself
1: we're about to enter a whole new decade and then uh, the 20s will have been literally 100 years ago i know and we'll be in the 20s have again. you heard the joke
0: that um People are like, oh, I'm so excited we're about to enter the Roaring Twenties again. But, like, now it has a different context where it's just, like, the screaming Twenties yeah, where everyone's just, just screaming yelling. and yelling. So, yes, Tom Bombadil comes back somehow with clothes. We don't know from where.
1: Yeah, he and just, Fatty Lumpkin. Just, that's right,
0: Fatty Lumpkin. The horse.
1: The horse.
0: Um, And four other horses. And, and he named
1: <laughs> them all. And
0: <laughs> Tom, like, roasts the hobbits for being, like, you should have listened to your horses. If the horses were acting freaked out, they know. Like the horses know which direction is good and which direction is bad. And it does. Oh, 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 going back to like when they accidentally fell asleep and then they woke up. Mm-hmm. Um, before they fall asleep, it makes a note that like the horses are like grazing peacefully by the grass and blah. blah and then when they wake up, the horses are all bunched together with their heads back down. down. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, so Tom is like, you should have listened. In the future, just pay attention to to what the horses are doing because they know what's happening. Um, And then my my last note, oh, yeah. So Tom walks them out of, essentially just walks them out of the forest and is like, if you go down this way, you'll get to the bar, the Prancing Pony, which I cannot believe is the name of the bar. It sounds like the name of the bar that would be in, like, Shrek Mm -hmm. or something. Cause in and I know in Shrek two the villain bar is the poison apple or something.
1: Yeah, I think it is. Um. <laughs> yeah, or like the red apple or something like that.
0: I can't remember off hey, the top. I can't. Listen. I can't memorize what my own social security number is, but I can tell you what the name <laughs> of the villain bar in Shrek two is.
1: Um, listen. This is this. This comes from the same man who created a name for like everything, and then named his mountain Mount Doom. Which, before anyone tears into me about how the mountain's name is not actually Mount Doom, trust me, I know. <laughs> okay, I know. I know it's all of its names. Relax. <laughs> um, like Leg- Legolas Greenleaf. His first name means green leaf, so his name is Greenleaf. Oh,
0: green uh, it's like um, Remus Lupin, Wolfie McWolf. I know his bot. His like father was was like Mr. Wolf McWolf. Yeah. Basically. And then and then they named and then like they named him Remus. Remus. And it was like, we'll you are McWolf. the son of yeah, Wolfie McWhere Wolf Yeah, or
1: serious <laughs> black, just means black dog.
0: Yeah, so Tom is like, go that way, They'll get to the prancing pony, which I can't believe is the name of a bar and I can't believe is the name of the following chapter
1: at the sign of the prancing pony
0: yes that oh no I just flipped to a random page and there's a long poem
1: there's a lot of poems oh
0: there's a oh and there's an asterisk it says see note two where was note one
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh, man. and when okay. they get to the elves there's even more songs and poems I've heard so which
0: disappoints me because I want to like the elves because I I com- I think they're, like, the cool kids, and I want to think they're cool, so I hope they don't sing too much. I'm sure they will. Um, question. Should I be reading the songs? Like, if I... S- let's let's just say, for example, if I happen to skim all of the songs...
1: You're not going to lose much.
0: Because <laughs> I get to the songs, and I'm like, I just can't follow this without there being, like, a tune. Oh, rhythm. Yeah, yeah, a rhythm or something, yeah.
1: No, I get that. You're not really going to miss especially in that chapter it's just a lot of like more information dumps but this time it's in poem form so like but it's not like here's the plot yeah you know it's like background stuff okay the one that i really love though is when when i'm gonna read it is when is when uh bombadil comes back with the horses and he says hey now come ho now whither do you wander up down near or far here there or yonder sharp ears wise nose swish tail and bumpkin White socks, My Little Lad, and Old Fatty Lumpkin. This man <laughs> named one of the horses Bumpkin so he could 100% rhyme it with, with Fatty, fatty
0: Lumpkin. Yeah. And I don't mean
1: Tolkien. I mean Tom Bombatil yeah. made that choice to name also, one of the horses Bumpkin.
0: Just that one pet reminded me of um, Puck from A Midsummer the, Night's Dream. Yeah, drink. he's
1: got a very, fair, like, like King been, yeah. of the Fairies quality. And,
0: and, like, Puck is very mischievous mm-hmm. and...
1: Like, also, I, I would say he, he's definitely got a very, like, Puck-Oberon feel yeah. to him. And, and Goldberry's definitely got a Titiana. Yeah, Titania. Titania,
0: t- 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 yeah. I should know. I was in that play. I should know <laughs> I have read it a
1: lot. But, like, I don't. Who can keep t- all these t- things t- together? So,
0: t- so the yeah, first Tom's chapter like, is a little to-
1: bit more exciting yeah. than the second one. And then the
0: second, yeah. And then Tom leaves them and is like, alas, I cannot come with you. And they're like, please. And he's like, No. Nope, sorry. I'm going to go home. My Tom has a house. Fair, my fairy goddess river waiting. woman is waiting. <laughs> Bye. Yeah, yeah, that's that's, how, it. That, that's it. Yeah, it so, them on their yeah right. so chapter... And chap- they're a
1: little nervous because, like, when they were in the forest, it meant that the black riders couldn't follow them. But now they're oh, yeah. out of the forest, so the black riders can keep following them. So it's sort of like
0: a witch yeah, evils. I feel like Frodo tries to throw in the excuse of, like, yeah, this might have taken us way longer than we planned. And sure, we might have almost gotten killed or sacrificed by these Whites, but it probably threw the Black Riders off our trail. So,
1: in small the- victories, guys. Small victories. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, further, you weren't the one who was, like, put under their spell, though. Yeah. I mean, we had to wear those rings and the knife on our neck. Ugh. But also in that chapter, I meant to bring it up, but I had completely forgotten it. Right after, he, it's in the moment, he hears that creepy song that the, the White is singing. Yeah. And then he has that moment. It says, At first, Frodo felt as if he had indeed been turned into stone by the incantation. Then a wild thought of escape came to him. He wondered if he put on the ring, whether the barrel white would miss him and he might find some way out. He thought of himself running free over the grass, grieving for Merry and Sam and Pippin, but free and alive himself. And Gandalf would admit that there had been nothing else he could do. That's such a, like... Frodo's re- praised a lot by like, a lot of readers and a lot of, like, critics as, like, having this strong and dominable will. But that's a moment I feel where, like, the ring was calling to him. Oh, and he yeah. very much was like, I could just slip this little thing and he, on. Yeah, and, it- and even Gandalf would say... Well,
0: yeah, can't blame you. You're about yeah. to die, so hmm. it's a
1: dark moment for Frodo, and yeah. I, I think that it, it opens a door a bit for some darkness in Frodo's heart that pay attention to it as I was create. gonna
0: say, um I know a couple spoilers, and one of them is that at some point Frodo becomes under the power of the ring or or puts it on or is corrupted or whatever. Sure. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> um yes, I'm so- sure you did hear that at one point. <laughs> so that brings us to the end of chapter seven. And eight. Thanks for hanging in there with us. Thank you for coming, Neil, yeah, no and talking problem. about This was all a lot of fun. This. Um really enjoyed this. Where can people find you on the internet if you want them to find you on oh, the internet?
1: Um you can find me on the interwebs at I actually really only have an Instagram at Neil N-E-A-L underscore before underscore god. Humble. Very humble. Subtle. Very humble. <laughs> um really, really humble individual.
0: That's what I'm talking about is a production of Bacon and Eggs. If you want to learn more, you can go to baconandeggs.media. You can find me on Twitter at MCWatt416. You can find me on Instagram at MCTurnDownForWatt. You can find the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at TalkingAboutPod. The cover art is by Graphite slash Brandon. Thank you, Vaishan. It's very beautiful. You can support him on Instagram. Yeah, it's great. I love it a lot. Um, You can find him on Instagram at graphite.vmb and i think that's it second time's the charm listeners you don't know but i tried that once before
1: <laughs> and i will say for, for my my final thoughts it's pronounced token and they can tell me all they want that it's pronounced Tolkien, but like it's pronounced Tolkien.
0: that's what i'm talking about